Hello. 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 Mason. Hello. I said you could do the first thing and that's what you did? That's what you fucking yeah, picked, dude? dude? Yeah, dude. Come on. Uh, I wanted it to be a little, just a little acapella song time with my buddy Noah, real quick. And, well, and special and. guest. Special guest. Say hi, Jack. Oh, hello. Jack hi. Freiberger, yes. ladies and gentlemen, is our first guest of season two, Ooh. our first guest of yes. the Skype era. I cannot Ooh. describe to you the That's atrocity. A big guest spot. It is. It is a huge guest spot. Yeah. But I cannot describe the atrocity of the wire situation that's <laughs> going on on my end. And Mason, I just know that your situation's an atrocity too, and I don't even well, have to guess. No, it it is. And the thing that happened is I have my. I'll send you a picture when we're done recording. But I have my actual like mic set up on some kind of makeshift stand because yeah. I had my mic on my bookshelf. It's right to the left of me. Uh, and I was reaching for something on it and it fell off and the mic still works, but one of the legs on it fell off and I can't get it back on. So I just like oh. have to, I was recording the barn earlier in the week and I was nice. just like holding it, like kind of just like stand up mic style like this. Like, Hell yeah. Audience can't see. <laughs> What's but... the deal with DIY podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> you're always in your room and your roommate's always fucking what's yeah. going on. <laughs> Uh, that's sorry. That's a little too close to home for me. But uh, we have a guest in the studio, and do. Uh, the, and Mason. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Jack Freiberger is our guest today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give a little clap. Oh, the chat for Jack that's Freiberger. very kind of you. Jack Freiberger is a writer, a director, a former leader of a college radio station. Yeah, he is He's currently a, a PA uh, on the Nickelodeon show All That. No way. And yes, way. yeah, yeah, and. Jack and I had, for all intents and purposes, the first version of this show in college. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It to, was to a degree. To a degree. It wasn't the same exact kind of show. It was more of just a, every week we're going to talk about movies in a different sort of way. But we had a okay. college radio show called The Movie Jerks. Yeah. So. And we had a, a very haunting uh, poster for it. That was a face swap of the two of us. And I think I can oh, say Christ. confidently... My face doesn't look good on your body, and your face does not look good on my body. And if you, I'm so I would love. That. Is there an archive of that somewhere? Because I'd love to hear it. Um, I have a. I know. I personally have a couple episodes saved, but not the whole thing. I okay. don't know if I have every episode saved, but I do have a number of episodes saved in my awesome. iTunes. Awesome. Well, I love to hear it. I would love to hear it. How you guys doing? How's uh, California going? Oh, it's good. It's nice. It's it's Sunny. a little. Is it a little cloudy out today? It is a little cloudy out today. Mm. It's been hot this week. I um, at work. We're shooting our Christmas episode, nice. even though it's like <laughs> March. Yep. Um, and I thought it'd be really funny to wear a Christmas sweater every day to work. Classic and move. Classic. A horrible move. idea to do that at March in uh, <laughs> no, California. Dude, no, dude, I remember March in LA being just sometimes sweltering. Like, and I'm well, not yeah, a boy that likes to swelter. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, that's crazy. Is the mornings are like cold, so you put the yeah. sweater on, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. And then by the time I have driven to work, it's like, God damn. Yeah, exactly. Oh, You're like, yeah, man, this so bit, wedding. This is a bad bit for the, the whole this week. This is a horrid <laughs> bit. Are you wearing the Santa hat in the office, or are you keeping that low key? Not, did not wear the Santa hat. Um, I could not find one at my house. Um, some people were really on board the let's pretend it's Christmas for a week gag, and then other people at work were like, no. And other people were like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. But it wasn't like the bosses that were like, no. Like, some of the bosses were into it. Some were, so, 
Dude, uh, that means you're going to be a boss because <laughs> you're into the bit. Only yeah. bosses are allowed to be into the bit. But how's it going over there in the in the dirty DG? You know, it is very, 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 very nice today. It's Aww. like a crisp and clear 50 degrees. I went for a walk earlier, like a two-hour wow. long walk. Ooh. You're it's in Chicago, kind of right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm in, in I'm in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I actually just uh, – work is finally picking up, not like PA work. Uh, per se, I did work my first set last week, which is why we didn't Claps have an in the episode. Chat for that. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Had so much fun. But uh, eagle-eared listener, or I don't think I share this, but uh, I've been. Did you temping. say eagle-eared listeners? I was gonna say eagle-eared listeners, but I'm like that doesn't make sense because I don't think I talked about my work life at all. On this You're a show. bit of a motherfucker for that one. I would say. <laughs> You're a bit of a but motherfucker, anyways, was, Mr. So, Mason. Uh, I had a I was working a temp assignment in January and February, and they nice. just asked me to come back for a couple weeks to help out. So there you go. I'll oh, probably be working delightful. until the end of March, which is very exciting. Congrats. And uh, yeah, so things are things are good. Things are on the up and up, and we got what uh, what suburb choice this are week. you in in Chicago? Mm-hmm. The Downers Grove, baby. Oh, okay. I have a I have a one of my best friends is from Winneka, and so I've stayed there a couple gotcha. times. Gotcha, nice. Picture. So when I was in uh, high school, we had uh, I was in jazz band, and three years you that were? I was in, yeah, I played saxophone, baby, tenor, yes. and berry. What you you had a big berry sax, Mason? Yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't Ooh. have it. I had it at the school. But that was my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we would pl- we played a couple times at the jazz. Uh, New Trier High School had a jazz festival. Yeah, yeah, and we drove past when we drove past the Home Alone house. Everyone was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Oh, oh. <laughs> I think we went to the uh, there's that mall there that's been in a couple movies. But yeah, they they just they're shooting movies in Chicago, man. You know they've been doing yeah. it. they shoot movies in Los Angeles. <laughs> Shout out to yeah. New Trier High School. Uh, not friend of the podcast, but not enemy of the podcast not- either. Ian Gailey went to New Trier High School. Oh. Oh, the, oh, that's cool. a Sam Wigdale went to New Cheer. It's it's one of the biggest high schools in the country, I know. So it's I think they huge. met each other. It's huge, and there's two campuses, and it's massive. Yeah. Uh, but I Ferris think Bueller that I'm done talking there? about. Was, yeah, we can, we can. Was Ferris yeah. Bueller shot there? I don't believe so. I think that was shot at uh, Maine South, I believe. Oh, okay. Classic. That's yeah. a classic piece of Chicago <laughs> trivia. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, a Chicago boy. boy in the house for that. Uh, but Mason, like you were trying to get, like you were trying to do a very sneaky segue for before. Let's get into the topics oh, this week. Yes. <laughs> this is. <a laughs> um, we have two guest choices this week from our beautiful guest, Mr. Jack Freiberger. We have an and album. He is very handsome. He's got a nice oh. checkered shirt on and a uh, stripy blue shirt and a and like yeah. a sailor hat. Not a sailor hat, but like Bucket a hat, uh, baby. A bucket hat, yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to give a little, this is, again, terrible for a podcast, but what does the hat say? For the oh, listeners? it has a little owl on it, and it says WSA, uh, which is Ooh. from the summer camp that I worked at in Wisconsin, which is where I met Fran, Sam, not yes. Fran. Not Fran, Sam, Sam. who goes to New Trier in Chicago. Um, and that was, like, the section of camp that I was in charge of. We love that. Uh, we love a summer camp boy. We do love a summer camp, boy, especially in the springy months. Uh, but yeah, so Jack, yeah. this was you. You brought on two uh, <laughs> insane. Things. <laughs> well, let's be let's be fair. The album by itself, not insane, not yes. an insane. Yeah, great. Camp. Actually, from song that I listened to or album I listened to a lot of camp. So. A camp album. Ah. Hey, for those listeners in the chat, can we get a hashtag summer camp? Blues. Please tweet at us hashtag summer camp blues. If you have a summer camp story that you want to share with the two hosts plus 
guest Jack Freiberg. Yeah, well, our DMs are open. Share with, us, uh, share with us your, your summer camp stories. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we have the Velvet. Uh, do you want to promo uh, preview? I'm sorry, the album that we're going to talk about today, Jack. Oh, um, I, I mean, this is just a great album, I think. Um, you know how there's, like... What is the album, first and foremost? Well, so the album is Loaded by the Velvet Underground. Claps in the chat for um, the Velvet Underground. Which, yeah, I will say, um, we listened to, at least what I recommend was we listened to the regular version. Yeah. Um, there's a yeah. deluxe album on Spotify, which is, like, yeah. two and a half hours. And I think, yeah. personally, it is the greatest deluxe album. Like, all the extra tracks on oh, there... Shit is, like, mm-hmm. incredible stuff. So if you get a chance... But it's, like, three hours or two hours, so I don't yeah, want to Yeah, 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 But there's, some, there's a cover of I'm Sticking With You that's, like... Yes. Or a different version, not really a cover. Yeah. But that's just mwah, del- delicious. Well, they, even on the awesome. regular version that we listened to, there were a couple, like, oh, oh, outtake it's a, it's tracks. A, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely a great album by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the one I... Uh, so Jack has some history with this album. Noah, do you have any history with this album? Or the Velvet guess, Underground at all? I guess, like, my history with the Velvet Underground really stems from, like, I went to a uh, middle-slash-high school. It was a 6 through 12 school, and the, like, studio art teacher who taught there was, like, this, like, real Portland hipster, like, exactly what you would think of with the, Port- like, well, the Portland hipster vibe, except for the facial hair. But he, like, <laughs> yeah. dressed like it. He listened to music that was, like, that was a big talking heads guy. And he had... Mm-hmm like an original pressing of the Velvet Underground and Nico album in his classroom, like hanging up on the no wall. Way. I, so I will say with that album, you know how there's like movies or albums where it's like, this is my favorite, but I think like th- it's not the best, if that makes sense. Yes. That's 100%. very much how I yeah. feel with this album in the Velvet Underground, where I, I think objectively their best is the Velvet Underground and Nico. Sure. But I would say mm-hmm. this is my favorite of what they've done. And I think that's fair because yeah. I think that the, 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 the listenability of Loaded versus the listenability straight through of the Velvet Underground and Nico is different, but I don't want to get into that quite yet. I want to keep just saying that, like, I remember he had the the, the Velvet yeah. Underground and Nico original pressing on the wall, and I was like, literally had never seen that album cover before, but, it, you know, then it became, you know, this thing where it's like, oh, that's, like, the most common, one of the most iconic album covers of all time. It was an Andy uh-huh. Warhol-produced album, and I started to listen to that album a little bit, and I remember listening to Venus in Furs for the first time and, like, being in my yeah. middle school and actually being scared. Like, I was <laughs> like, whoa, this is making me erect, well, but I'm also afraid of this music. Yeah, we were so, at camp, we were all big of Violent Femmes guys. Sure. Sure. Which is, you can clearly tell the Violent Femmes were influenced by the Velvet Underground. Every single yeah. band but, that ever heard a Velvet Underground record was inspired oh, by the Velvet yeah, Underground. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I think the Vel- the Violent Femmes, like, in particular. But we then, like, the last summer I worked at camp is when we moved from listening to a lot of the Velvet Underground. Or, sure. uh, shit. Uh, a lot of the Violent Femmes to the Velvet Underground. And it really is that the Violent Femmes are the teenage version where it's, like, totally. a very yeah. similar sound, except they're singing about... Being horny, yeah, and uh, like wanting to get the car and not wanting caring to about kill school. yourself, yeah. And then you have the Velvet Underground, which is definitely the adult version, where it's like I'm in love with you so much, I want to kill myself or overdose on heroin. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, oh, I remember yes. listening yes. to yes. That's Her- like the- I remember like reading online like a fucking probably a YouTube comment on some like middle school video where it's like, if you really want to scare yourself, listen to heroin by Velvet Underground and Nico with the lights off Which in your bedroom. Which is definitely like when I've listened to that recently, I'm like, this is a pro heroin song. Oh, totally. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 
but Mason, what about you? What's your relationship yeah. with both the album, the loaded, out, both the album loaded and the Velvet both Underground? Both the album being uh, loaded and, and the Velvet <laughs> Underground. <laughs> I am Mr. Moneybags uh, right now. Uh, anyways, so Velvet Underground, I think like anybody that's kind of interested in when you're a teen and you're like interested in music or movies or whatever, you're reading a lot of like lists, like top a hundred or top like 10 Rolling Stone top 1000 albums. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember like being really interested and in getting like finding that like Rolling Stone top 500 greatest albums of all time and like going through and be like, oh, I heard of the Beatles. I've heard of Bob Dylan. I've heard the Rolling Stones. This is all. And then all of a sudden there's just this picture of an album. That's the banana. Yeah. Uh, the classic. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And I didn't hear it. Um, I think the first song I actually heard was Venus and Furs. Sure. Um, That's a connection this... you and I will always have. Is yeah. the first and... <laughs> song we ever heard was Venus and Furs. Because, and fucking sitting there um... slapping our wrists, not trying to die. <laughs> scared them, but are also horny, so our like, uh... <laughs> dicks are hard and our whole body's shaking. Uh, and then, so after I heard that, I hadn't heard a song and I was, this is like in a, this al- album also came around in my life when I was doing a lot of reading lists on crack.com. Hell yeah. Was, yeah. And there was one where it was like the five strangest, like songs that were ever in a commercial. And one of the reason why I heard Venus and first, first was because it was in like a Michelin tire commercial in Ugh. the nineties, <laughs> which is like, Bad. Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so I listened to it, and like you, I was like, oh, this song is scary, but I like it. It's yeah. Pretty, it's like, this it's cool. Fun. It's like dark. And I heard, I listened to that song a lot. And then my friend, um, when I was in high school and I was doing summer stock theater at the local community theater, my friend Yvonne, she had a bunch of, uh, like, was really into music and, like, had that on CD. And I was like, hey, is it okay if I borrow this? And I did. And I think, like, Sunday morning, the three from that album that I remember listening to a lot were Sunday Morning, um, I'll Be Your... Actually, I think I listened to that whole album, top to bottom, even though none of, like, they all didn't... It's a great album. It is, you know. um, And then with Loaded, I think I just, like, had a lot of iTunes money once and just decided I was going to buy every... Had a lot of iTunes money once is a sentence that... That was a currency, the iTunes gift card. But it's like, if you are seven years old and listening (laughs) to this podcast, you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Because I... uh, Aren't they going to shut down the iTunes store here pretty soon? Oh, really? I I did not know that. Is that fake news? Is that fake news? I'm going to fucking verify that right now. I hope... Yeah, I was going to say, if you have iTunes money, you better spend that now. The market crashes. But anyway, so I bought that. I don't think I listened to Loaded all the way, but um, I definitely remember hearing, I think, Who Loves the, like, Who Loves the Sun, and I think uh, there are a lot of songs on this album that I love, and this was like kind of more of like my early college living on my own sort of Velvet Underground record, because I have v- very good memories of my roommate Max, who I want to get on the show, playing Sweet Jane and Rock and Roll a lot. Uh, and then Who Loves the Sun is also in the movie High Fidelity, which I would also yeah. love to cover on the show. Oh, that's um, a great movie. And then I don't remember when, but Oh Sweet Nothing came into my life at some point, and I love that song. That is my favorite track on the album by far. Oh, I, it just, yeah. That is I, the three songs that I had heard prior to listening to the album all the way through are the three most famous, which are Sweet Jane, Rock and Roll, and Oh Sweet Nothing. And uh-huh. Both Sweet Jane and Rock and Roll both have sections of the song where I'm like, okay, I'm really feeling myself. But for the entirety of the seven-minute runtime of Oh Sweet Nothing, nothing else matters, dude. It is so good. I was a pretty, I would say, big Velvet Underground fan, as in the terms of, like, 
oh, I'm seeing these are the top tracks on iTunes. Right. Or like these are, but exactly. I haven't really like sat I, down and listened. And I was like considering myself a pretty big Velvet Underground fan, and I had never even heard of the song "Oh Sweet Nothing" because oh, yeah. when you're listening to music like that, like the same with uh, Talking Heads, I had never heard "Life During Wartime." Sure. Two yeah. years into saying I was a big Talking Heads fan. That's the, um, that is literally a problem of the quote yeah. unquote iTunes generation but, um, where you get you know uh-huh. the top five or ten tracks and you don't hear Heaven by Talking yeah, Heads and exactly. that's one of their best yeah. songs. Um, but uh, yeah, exactly. I was talking about the Velvet Underground with one of my friends, like one of my best friends at camp, and uh, he says, oh, I'm not a big uh, Velvet Underground fan, except Oh Sweet Nothings is one of my all-time favorite songs. And I was like, yes. what? And then I like go- or I Spotified it, really not like expecting much, and I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. I, I really just want to echo what Noah said, because I was listening to this when I was doing, I was listening to this album when I was working my other temp assignment, and it's kind of the same thing, like you're just going, where you're just going through emails and like kind of triaging them to different departments so they can like handle them better like above our pay grade kind of thing i was listening to this and then oh sweet nothing comes on and i don't think i like sent a single email or answered a single customer service request the entire seven minutes when i was listening to the song i'm just like this it's it's truly i think one of the best songs ever written and it's really just mostly because of like the the kind of like controlled chaos of it where you're just like it's kind of just like you have like it feels it starts off just like so like um you have no idea how it's going to end when it starts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you think it's going to be like, um, cause it starts like so, um, slow. And he's just like saying like, you know, uh, she ain't got nothing at all. And then it turns into this like kind of cacophony, this kind of like jam, this kind of session, just where there's just this huge release of, of this like kind of reservation or whatever. And you're just like, God damn, this is really just like, it just feels so good to listen to this song. Yeah. It is. It also is worth noting that, un, unfortunately, maybe not unfortunately, this kind of really is the end of the Velvet Underground. Oh, it's the last Lou. Yeah, Reed yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Lou Reed basically jumps ship after this, after yeah. a lot of controversy about, oh, they edited my parts of the song, they like took away certain backing tracks, and you know, knowing Lou Reed as he was, I'm sure there is, you know, a little bit of a mystery about exactly what went down. He's a bit of an unreliable narrator. But right. this kind of is the end of the Velvet Underground as we know them. They did reunite yeah. every now and again, but now that Lou Reed, you know, the but late I, Lou it Reed. was like concert tours. I don't think they did. They never released he's not any other albums. On Squeeze, is he? No, he's yeah. not because he's completely doing solo stuff at yeah. that point. But you know, yeah. this is kind of the last hurrah of the Velvet Underground. And he's only in like a hand. I think he's he's only in like the songs in this album. I think except for Oh Sweet Nothing. Uh, like that are like kind of pop, like rock and roll, sweet Jane, um, what's are the that, two like kind of the, most the, Lou Reedy songs. The first yeah. track on the album, uh, what is it? The Oh the Sun. Oh, who loves who the loves sun? the sun? Who loves yeah. the sun? Uh, they wrote that literally to get radio play. They wrote that. That's written mm. to be a pop song. Yes, like, that the, a lot of the album, specifically that song, in, was written because they weren't doing well commercially. That's at the time. interesting because there's songs on here that like I I feel that where it's like oh this is meant to be a little more of a commercial but that is not one that strikes me as a uh, that was, was it. written to be more popular because I mean even the title Who Loves the Sun sounds so much like Here Comes the Sun yeah you know? exactly yeah and this is a year after the Beatles break up is it a year after the Beatles oh I guess it's 1970 yeah. baby is this the yeah. latest album as far as the year that we've covered on the pod. So far, because when was uh, Tumbleweed Connection? 
that was 72, I believe. Maybe that was 70, 72, I believe, the year 1972, not 70 as well. Oh, uh, did, did you say oldest? Book. Yeah. I, think I don't know why oldest. I was thinking newest, and I was like, I have listened to this pod. I can absolutely tell you so many <laughs> albums that came out. Thank after you. This. Thank you for listening. It was so weird when you guys like texted me, invited me on. The, we had talked about me doing the show for a while, and then that day at work, I um, had to do all the, we do runs. That's like a big part of my job is totally. driving around LA. And yeah, that's a big day, part of the PA life. Yeah. And there was one day where it was like, I was in my car for like four hours. Yep. Um, and I listened to your guys' pod a lot. And I was thinking about like, what do I want to like, because oh. we had talked about me doing it, like what to listen to or what album to do, what stuff. And I was, and that's where I had my idea for the movie that we'll be talking about. Okay. Um, let's be careful. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> let's, be careful what we call uh, it. Cause it's not a movie, but let's, let's be careful. <laughs> but you guys, and then that night is when you texted me in the group chat saying like, oh, like Jackson be coming on. And it took me like, 24 hours to realize, like, oh, I hadn't been, like, talking to you about, like, I had been <laughs> thinking about what I wanted my episode to be the whole day. Love that. Uh, and then and it was just like, okay, so welcome, like. And then you gave us a beautiful album and a beautiful nightmare <laughs> to deal yeah, with. Uh, Tumbleweed Connection is 1970 as well, actually. Oh, okay. I believe, oh, okay. And I chose that because that's the year that the movie, the movie that everybody loves in Heron Feist. Everybody uh, loves that movie. Not a single person thinks that that movie is the worst of PTA's feature films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so well, well, I, here's the thing PTA is probably top three directors and Inherit Vice is his only movie I haven't seen so well, you do oh, but I, 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 I want to it's going not, on it's right not now, like Jack. out of spite like, give um, this, I, I want to I give, just haven't had time watch the movie listen to the pod we had the uh, indelible Sonny Dion Jr. on the pod who I would love to <laughs> have back on the pod um, but uh, yeah you know it's 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 an interesting talk uh, it is Again, just listen to that episode and watch the movie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I do want to see it. Is there anything? Oh, can I ask a question to you, Jack? Actually, specifically. Yes. So sometimes on the show we'll bring on, and I'm guilty of this as well. I brought on Weezer's The Blue Album. Yeah. And Mason was like, "Why did you bring on Weezer's <laughs> The Blue Album? That is not a quote unquote underrated album." And I gave yeah, that's the, true. That is rated pretty, pretty fairly. fairly. Yeah. But I gave the perspective that this is easily their best album it's their oh, first yeah. album and mm. they are so misunderstood as a band now that's why that was sort of the argument i gave yeah when, when you so i mean I, I i know you guys already did a pod about that album but yeah. i do have a question okay towards that um when you say it's easy or that they're misunderstood now do you mean like the stuff that they're currently doing is being misinterpreted by their fans or that like they're kind of going on a direction that's against what they were originally doing. This more of the latter. Their, oh, okay. their direction as a group has become so far away from what they started as in a lot of ways. I, I agree with that. And the blue album is just like a great remnant of that. And so I wanted to ask you, what is it about this album that made you want to bring it on this yes, show yeah, specifically? Yeah. So um what this is so I would say Probably a couple years ago is when I would say I started being a Velvet Underground fan where I knew more than just, like, the top tracks. Sure. Um, but then this summer at camp, my last summer working there, was the big, like, oh, we're going to be listening to, like, albums all the way through, like, For while sure. we're hanging out. Big. Um, and I, I adore this album. Um, so it's been something on my mind. Like, like, I would say, you know, I don't really have a favorite band because it cycles through every couple of months. Totally. And I would say of course, this cycle yeah. right now is the Velvet Underground. Gotcha. Um, and I wanted to do Loaded because I think a lot of people are actually kind of like how you are towards Weezer, yeah. thinking that their first album is their best 
and then the rest is like, oh, there's a couple good tracks here and there. For sure. General public. Obviously, like, there are people who really listen to them don't believe that. Um, and then I just thought that this was, like, their most underrated album. And okay. that's the whole point of the show. It's an album that I, I love listening to. I actually, when I uh, got a record player, yeah. I dropped 100 bucks to buy, like, a bunch of vinyls. And sure. I haven't bought any vinyls since. But this was one you of them. You love to hear it. So, um, so I have this on. So I, I actually, so that's part of the reason, too, is I wanted to re-listen to it, like, on my record sure. player. So. Oh, so you actually listened to this on vinyl. Listen to it on, I've listened to it. I listened to a couple, like, my favorite tracks when I was deciding if I wanted to pick this one. Gotcha. To solidify that. Then I listened to it on vinyl, and then I listened to it again on the drive over here. So I've, in the past two weeks, like, really been living with this. And what's yeah. what's sticking out to you? Like, what, what songs are sticking out to you? What song do you mainly go to? What song, if you even want to say what song, do you sometimes skip? Like, give us sort of the Jack Freiberger listen of this album. So I, there really isn't any songs that I skip if I'm going to sit down and listen to this album. Having said, I mean, I don't know how many times, like, any album I'll sit down and sure. be like, we're listening to the whole thing. Right. Sure. Um, so there's, <laughs> I really don't think there's, like, a bad song on here. I would agree. Um, obviously, um, Oh Sweet Nothing is yep. a great song. <sighs> um, and then I think Sweet Jane is the one that I can listen to the most. Okay. Um, I think mm. the lyrics of, like, that bridge section where it's, anybody who had a heart. <laughs> and I was like, you know, women never really fade, and children always blink. Oh, I screw that up. Villains never <laughs> blink their ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> children are the only ones who blood. Like that section is just like, like that's yeah. like a perfect forty-five seconds for of sure. Music. Um, Who loves the sun is a super fun song, and uh, rock and roll obviously a classic. And then I actually on the drive over here, yeah. um, didn't really think about it, but I wrote it down as one of my favorite tracks. Um, Lonesome Cowboy Bill. Bumps. Mm, bumps. Um, it wasn't really a song that's mm. like been my favorite, but on the most recent drive down here, for sure. I was like, oh shit, I love this song. Most Lonesome Cowboy Bill. There's like a couple little tracks on this album. Like, obviously, there's like the three that everybody probably mainly knows. And let me pull up the. Uh, let me pull up the track list for this bad boy. But you have like New Age is a very good song as well. I thought Train Around the Bend was really fun. Yeah. Mason. I was going to also say when I recently listened to it, um, yeah. Cool It Down has a reference to Sister Ray in it that I had never noticed before. What is Sister Ray? Sister, well, Sister Ray is actually the first song by the, I, I will, I'm sorry to cut into your time, Mason, but. No, this is um, big, this is dork hour. You got to bring up the dorkiness, dude. <laughs> um, Sister Ray is actually the first Velvet Underground song I ever heard. Oh, shit. And ah. it is, um, and I heard it because, have you guys seen the movie Brick? Directed by yeah. Ryan Johnson. Yeah, dude, I love that movie. It's um, it's the it's the song that plays at the end credits. So gotcha. it's it's um, I forget exactly oh. what the last scene is, but then it smash cuts to he Sister Ray. It, with the exception of the Last Jedi, because it's hard to do needle drops in the Last Jedi. <laughs> he does great needle drops. The end of yeah, that yeah. Knives Out with Sweet Virginia. That's an amazing mm. needle drop. Yeah. I love that, and I'm not a big fan of Brick, but you're right. The uh, the needle drop at the end of that movie oh, yeah. is tight. But so the thing is with that song is what they play in the credits is like the first two or three minutes, which is just a great rock and roll song for sure. And then that song, so so I listened to, it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I bought it on iTunes because this was still the era where that currency was, you know, was valuable, was coveted. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, the actual song, it's um, off, uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on the album. But what is the, uh, Black Light? No, White Light. Um, white Light, White Heat? Yeah, White Light, White Heat. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. It's 15-minute song on that album. So it's most of the album. Oh, shit. And yeah. it goes into, like, after three minutes, it goes into heroin mode. Nice. Where it really yeah. is just like, <laughs> and, it, and it is Loses like the, complete control. I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, literally three minutes of a rock song. 
and then like 12 minutes of just that. Holy um, shit. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the first song I ever... There's a reference just to like one of the lyrics is... Um, where there's there's a whole vo- verse about blowjobs in it. Well, nice. like verse like five or six lines. And at one point in that verse he says, I haven't got the time time because it's like, how long is this blowjob going to take? Um, and then they reference nice. time time in that song. Cool if that, which I never listeners out there, Very if, deep you, cut. if you like blowjob lyrics in music, please hashtag blow me kindly <laughs> in the chat. Oh, it's a, it's a hysterical <laughs> blowjob. Like, I, I, well worth it. It's... um. It's I'm sucking on a ding dong while she's sucking on my ding dong. Yes, is the, is one of the lyrics. Holy Woo! fuck! Uh, <laughs> we are uncovering some shit on yeah. this episode. Um, Lou led a wild have, life, man. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything you want to say before we? I don't know. I think is there anything else anybody wants to say about the album? Before uh, we move I think on? I found a reason is a very sweet song, and I would like to slow dance to it yeah. sometime. <laughs> I would I would gladly slow That's dance to that song yeah. with you, Mason. Okay, when I'm back in California, we'll slow dance to <laughs> I Found a Reason together. No, I'd really oh. like that. At Idle Hour. At Idle Hour. <laughs> the, the barrel shaped like a bar. <laughs> or, as it's mostly known, the bar shaped like a barrel. Oh, Or the bar that uh, stiffs Thomas Iridarian of $40. Oh, I've been there once. The yeah. place is mediocre. Mason likes that place. That's where Mason said goodbye to everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, well, dude, because it's, it's a, like... Oh, I've only been back, there once. Don't backtrack. I've only been there once, and I was like, this place is whatever. So I'm not an expert on it. Well, I like the ambiance. I like that you can get a big you can get a big beer in a giant barrel. That is all I like <laughs> Mason, you got any final thoughts? Architecturally, before? it's beautiful. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Shut the fuck it's up. It's a big barrel. It's a big barrel. It's got a big bar. You can't sit down. Carter Moon was pissed. Um, producer Carter. Uh, Mason, you got, any, you got any final thoughts on this album before we recommend it? I would think that I was thinking about this. Like, if you're listening to this and curious if you should where you should start with the Velvet Underground, if you should start with Velvet Underground and Nico or with this, I was kind of going back and forth on which is the better one to start with. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I still think that maybe Velvet Underground and Nico is the like Jack said, the better album, even if this might be my favorite. So this I think would be like if you're curious about the Velvet Underground and just want like a little taste, just a little little taste. This might be the one that I recommend, and maybe a couple songs from Velvet Underground and Nico. But like, yeah, I full recommend. I love this album so much. Also, I love the album art on this too. It's like yeah, a Rizzo print or something of just like some pink clouds coming from a uh, from a the tr- like station, a, yeah. a train station. <laughs> the um, I would say, I guess to answer your question. I would start with Velvet Underground and Nico. I think that that gives you a better sense of the band as a whole because I actually think a lot of Loaded doesn't sound exactly like the Velvet Underground and Nico, but I have a feeling that when I close my eyes and think of the Velvet Underground and Nico, I will think of I'm Waiting for the Man and and Femme Fatale and Heroin and Venus and Furs and stuff like that. But when I run, 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 want to yeah. throw on some fun Velvet Underground, I'm throwing Loaded on, not I, Velvet Underground. Yeah. I was going to say, if I'm recommending an album, I mean, I think, yeah, I would just have to say Velvet Underground, Nico. But if someone was like, oh, I've never heard it. I like just heard this band, the Velvet Underground. And like, what are some specific songs I would want? Probably besides Heroin and I'm Waiting for the Man, they would all come off this album. If I would, it's like a one-off mm-hmm. song. I would be like, you have to listen to Oh Sweet Nothing and Rock and Roll. Yeah, I, I would say that, Rock and Roll and Sweet Jane. For sure. And those are probably like the three, like, if you need single songs, but as a full album, probably Velvet Underground Nico. Agreed. Thank you, chefs. I also recommend this album. And Jack, do you recommend this album? Oh, absolutely. Love that. (laughs) And um, 
Now we're about to, <laughs> we're about to ruin everybody's day. <laughs> I, uh, I have notes that I took about that. I, I will say I did not get a lot of sleep last night because I actually was hesitant to suggest this, not because it's a terrible idea, okay. but because <laughs> I've had the idea of doing a podcast about just talking about these Disneyland specials. And I was like, oh, if I throw this out there, that means I can't do this anymore. Damn. So, and well, I, I think you still should. Um, <laughs> you have opened my eyes to an uh, a incredible and terrifying <laughs> world. Th- there's some crazy shit in these Disneyland TV specials. So I'm going to set the stage a little <laughs> bit here. So <laughs> is it senior year where we hear about this for the first time? Beginning of senior year. So beginning of senior year, I'm hanging out with Jack. Jack says, Noah, I got to show you this video. And I'm thinking, it's going to be a four-minute YouTube video at most. No, I always preference that it's long. I, I, I never set somebody up with just, I'm going to throw on this 45-minute well, masterpiece. You, you, do, you do preface it, but in my mind, I think this is going to be a four-minute YouTube video of that terrible Pete Holmes skit where he's like interviewing superheroes. Is that the thing that you showed me? That one time. Oh yeah, that's yeah. It, it's him interviewing the cast of Street Fighter. No, it, oh, oh, well, there's two. It's him interviewing all the Street Fighters and him interviewing all the X Men. Don't like that. <laughs> I, I disagree. <laughs> that's not like chilling. I think that's just a funny sketch. So <laughs> we agree to disagree. So the official title of what we are talking about today is Disney's California Adventure TV special. Now, gentlemen, when you hear that title. Do you think arousal, arousal, <laughs> or this is an evil thing that I'm about to watch? It comes across as relatively <laughs> innocuous, right? It doesn't seem like it's yeah. going to suck 45 minutes from your life that you'll never get back when you start watching it. Am I correct in saying that? That's a way to put it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, <laughs> this is available on YouTube for free. We will put the link to it in the show description. Here is... Here's what I want to say before we get to... We will put the link in the show description. I did not anticipate that this video, this relatively whimsical video, would inspire so much pure rage and hatred and spite out of Noah Marger. And I think that's my experience with this, is, like, I'm going to sit down and watch this, and I think you texted our group chat to set this up, like... Um, after you watched it, and even then I wasn't prepared for how much this mo- this video upsets you. It is so fucking bad. It is so fucking dumb, but I love it. So I, I actually, last yeah, night, yeah. as I couldn't sleep, yes, watched a bunch of uh, History of California Adventure YouTube videos. Cool. So, I got some things to throw at you. Yes, um, please. Now, thank again, you. this is all off of YouTube, so I've not fact checked any of this. Sure. But so the story behind California Adventure in general yes. is um, uh, Disneyland bought um, the hotel chain that was right next to oh, Disneyland. Okay, and that's sure. when they're like, we're going to have a Disneyland hotel. The hotel chain that they bought also owned the Queen Mary, oh, which nice. is still owned by Disney now. Oh, okay. And Disney had this no, great right, idea okay. um, where they thought, oh, we should open up a second theme park uh, in the L.A. area because Disney World had now become a resort, been a big thing. Right. They said, let's open up another park in Long Beach, call it Disney Sea instead of Disneyland. Classic. We'll have, like, the Queen Mary will be, like, a big part of it, and then we'll build this, like, theme park around, like, on a pier or a dock. Okay. Um, but, and this is, this is the one good idea that was brought up in this entire story of California Adventure. Love it. Someone said, hey, it may not be a great idea 
to have a theme park for Disney that's 45 minutes away from Disneyland. Because sure. no one really is going to be doing the Disney vacation and then want to drive 45 that minutes there. into traffic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they said, let's maybe scrap that. And then um, I, it's either Hong Kong or to- I think Tokyo was the one that was open at this time. Said, um, oh, well, we love the Disney Sea idea. And they built that in Tokyo. And it's a huge success. Yeah, for park. sure. Sure. But they now have this idea of, oh, let's do a second theme park. Let's make the Disneyland more of a resort like our other spots. Okay. So they then decide to build – well, they, they decide to tear down their parking lot, and they're going to build an actual, like, uh, the parking lot that there's now, like a six-story one. Before it was – my favorite ride at Disneyland, yeah. by the way. Well, before mm. the parking lot was just a giant plot of land. And you see now how it's, like, six stories. For sure. This was that space but just spread out. So it's huge Yeah, you can park in front of the sea. Yeah. You can um, park on Mickey. Yeah. You can park on. <laughs> no. um, so, they, so they say, um, let's, uh, let's build a new parking lot and let's, we have enough for a small theme park to build on what was the old parking lot. Nice. Um, which I think, you know, maybe the parking at section C might, might be a very smart reference or like a, uh, um, yeah. Like a throw away to what it used to be yes. yeah, for the real true fan. For the big heads out there. <laughs> for the Disney heads. Anyway, anyway, so they come up with Westcott. Oh, and that's okay. going to be the new oh, big park. No. And it's going to cost $3 billion to make. Big time no on that one, Chef. So I say no thank you as well. Do yeah. not recommend that. Yeah. Euro Disney opens. Yeah. Huge failure. Yep, big time failure. Big yeah. failure. Everybody hates it. So now they're realizing, okay, theme park division's not doing super hot. No. Nope. We can't do Westcott because to do this city of the future, we just don't have the money for it. So they have this meeting, all the people. And Michael Eisner was famous for ripping off other things that were right down the street and putting them in Disneyland parks. Very cool. For example, there was Universal mm-hmm. Studios. Cool guy. Yeah. There's Universal Studios, and Michael Eisner said, oh, let's open Disney MGX Studio, or Disney uh, MGM, not MGX. <laughs> A little different. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. MGM Studios, right down the street. Um, at I don't think it's Six Flags, but maybe at Knott's Berry Farm, they had a uh, Br'er Rabbit-themed ride because those were public domain right. stories. And he said, let's do Splash Mountain, and let's basically do the, the same ride. Let's do the same fucking it's thing. the exact same ride, let's, except yes. instead of having a little dip, they said, we're going to make it a giant dip at the end. Instead of getting a little bit wet, we're going to get you yeah, completely exactly. soaking wet and ruin your trip to Disneyland. So, so that, that's, <laughs> that's been Michael Eisner's thing, is he says, oh, what's local that we can rip off and have people do And instead? then make us, everyone think that we did it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So what he says is, well, you know, because Disneyland isn't a resort, unlike Florida or Tokyo, people aren't flying just for this. Sure. It's not like you, like you go to Disney World because there's nothing else to do in Orlando. 100%. Right? Um, people are doing a California trip where they might fly to San Francisco, rent a car, and just drive down and for then sure. do L.A., and then Disneyland will be one day on this trip. Let's right. just do the entire California uh, adventure. Let's do the entire California uh, vacation. That's going to be our theme park. Wow. So now, while Westcott was going to cost $3 billion, <laughs> this one was going to cost $600 million. Okay. So that's okay. not as expensive. Um, and they <laughs> Still bought. Still crazy. Yeah. As much money as a Bloomberg campaign was spent on yeah. <laughs> You could just do another California yeah. adventure. <laughs> and they literally were buying rides from other theme parks that they were done with and then just like painting them with Disney characters. Fucking Michael um, Eisner, baby. Yeah. That's, that's the move. So, and uh, it opens, is a huge failure. 
Um, nice. And Bob Iger actually said that um, it was unacceptable how much California Adventure ruins the brand of Disney. Whoa. And so the first big move that he made mm. when he was when he replaced Michael Eisner was he put a billion dollars into California Adventure and changed it to the park that it is today, which is now pretty popular. And you know what? This did not come out. This special did not come out when it was popular. <laughs> no. no. This special came out when it was a sniveling <laughs> pile of crap that it... Okay, listen, folks. Listen up. I went to Disneyland when I... First of all... We went you. together to yes. Disneyland, okay. actually. So. Thank you Aww. very much for the history lesson. The hugging. I wasn't expecting it. I'm very glad we have it. Knowing that, please watch this horrid <laughs> special. But... I only went to Disneyland one time before I moved to California. I went when I was very little, and I don't remember it all. But the, sm- the most vivid memory I have of Disneyland is actually going with Jack to Disneyland and California Adventure. We have this very weird friend <laughs> who won <laughs> tickets his freshman year, and we didn't use the tickets until the very last day they were available to go. And I went with Jack, this very weird friend of ours who's very nice, and then his roommate at the time. Who's another friend of ours. Who's another friend of ours. Who's super into Disney, too. You guys are very into Disney. You and this other person. And then the guy who won the tickets and I, not as into Disney. I, I don't, I don't, wouldn't say, I'm not like a Disney fan, per se. But I, my thought was we live a mile away from Disneyland. Yeah. And uh, if you're a Southern California <laughs> resident, it's $300 for a season pass. You just can't go on, like, Saturdays. It's, like, the best deal of and all And I was like... Oh, like, yeah, like, that makes sense to do. And so because of that, I then did go quite a bit. And, yeah, I like the theme parks. They're fun. Well, here's Mm -hmm. the thing. Noah marched into that theme park thinking, "Eh, it's going to be fine. It's it's not going to be, like, that cool. (laughs) Literally, the first thing we did was get on Soarin' Over the World. Glee. (laughs) You were glowing after that ride. You were like, what? You were not aware that... That a theme park ride could make you that happy. I was so fucking happy, dude. Oh my god. I was having the time of my life. I was like, I want to go on everything. I want to go on every single ride. This is so fun. And you And you also... That's so nice. So wanting to hate Disneyland. Yeah. I think you only accepted those tickets. So you'd be like, so I can say this place fucking sucks. A little bit. I was like, I'm definitely a Disneyland skeptic. Because I was like, it can't be... Because people at Chapman, where Jack and I went to school, they would people literally... People crazy about it. They would literally go between classes. Like, it was, like, insane. I'm like, that's that's a little absurd. I, yeah. I can't get behind that. Yeah. There's no way this place is that cool. But guess what? It actually <laughs> is that cool. California Adventure, yeah. on the other hand, <laughs> not as cool. But that is brings us to where we are today. Mason, have you ever been to Disneyland or California Adventure? I have only been, and in the almost four years that I lived in, L.A., never went to Disneyland. Wow. Well, never after, been to Disneyland. So after seeing the special, the California Adventure special, do you have any desire to go to California Adventure? No, I want to jump out my window. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit like soaring over California, except it's soaring well, so over I have the been to. So I have been to so – I we went on a band trip to Orlando, I think my sophomore year in high school, oh, okay. and it was like – we did like the Disney kind of park – Thing. So I went to the Soren that's in Epcot there, and that was uh, magnificent. I can totally get behind Noah's experience with that, uh, and I'm now looking forward to and Richard Kind and Barry's experience. Okay, so yeah. Jack, why don't you step us? Why don't you step us lightly into this world of the Disney's California Adventure? What is it? The Disney's California Adventure TV special starring Barry Bostwick and Richard Kind. 
Uh, that, that's and Ravens. Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood and Patrick Warburton <laughs> and the and entire John cast and, of Days of Our Lives and Lotso Hug and Bear John Lasseter. <laughs> okay, disgrace director John disgrace Lasseter, director who laughs maniacally at one point after yeah, kidnapping. they really make him look weird in this special, which is so strange. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you why don't you dip our toes into the water on what this is? So this is just a thing that Disney has done, still does. Um, I think they actually released one for Star Wars Land. Holy but fuck, it's, it's probably. Fucking <laughs> oh corporate synergy just to the ultimate max. And it literally is a hour-long ad for their theme park on their TV station starring their TV stars. Love it. Like promoting their mm-hmm. TV shows. Love um, it. And they've been doing it for basically, I think, Starting in the 70s. Okay. There is... Makes sense. There, the other one that's worth checking out is the 35th anniversary. Love it. Um, the only reason why I didn't pick that one... I, I will go back to this special. This is a very brief thing. The <laughs> only reason I didn't pick that one is because um, this one I feel is a little bit faster paced. Sure. The other one, the, the bits go on a little bit... We're just being long. generous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who stars in the 35th oh. anniversary one? Oh... Tony Danza is the host. Okay. Perfect. Oh my God. Um, We're there. Ernest We're there. makes an appearance. Miss Piggy makes an appearance. Hmm. And then the very end of the special, and, and they do what they did in this one, where at the very beginning, they tell you every guest star that's going to be in it. Very cool. At the very end, there's a surprise guest star. Oh my God. And Tony Danza oh goes, all right. And now for a musical performance of a remix of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, please welcome the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Oh, and Will Lord. Smith performs a hip hop version of Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious in front of the Disneyland castle. The opening of this special takes place in the Cheers bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's filmed at Cheers. And it's them getting ready to watch the Disneyland 35th anniversary. And this is not an opening. This goes on. For like 10 minutes, the introduction where it's like, hey, the Disneyland special is on. And um, they start talking about their Disneyland memory, like, or their Disney memories. And um, uh, who Ted Danza says like, oh, you know, when I was a, like a 10-year-old, I had a huge crush on Sleeping Beauty. Nice. And someone nice. else says like, oh, I had a crush on like Cinderella. And then Norm from Cheers says, oh, I used to think Lady was really attractive. Oh and they say, Lady? Yeah, from Lady and the Tramp. Mm. Norm from Cheers. Insinuous George wants, went doing it for the culture. He wants to fuck a dog. He <laughs> says this on a children's television okay. Disneyland special. Okay, okay, I'm going to interject, and I'm going to say, based on watching Disney's California Adventure TV special starring Richard Kind and Barry Bostrick from Spin City, these are not made for kids. They're, they're not. These no. are not made for kids. These are made for adults. The, yeah. And then the, the other great one, there's a 20-minute one yeah. on, that came out right after this one for the Indiana Jones ride. Nice. And they have Karen Allen come back to, really? to start. Yeah, it's Karen Allen. And she has to go to the... Also, Karen Allen plays herself, but Indiana Jones is a character. Oh, in the thing. Lord. Strange. Okay. But, uh, Very strange. She, she goes to... Um, the ride at Disneyland, she's called in there because they have, there's an actual temple in like Africa or somewhere that's Indiana Jones has found and they have decided to recreate it as a ride at Disneyland oh, and they have recreated it so perfectly that they accidentally put the curse of the temple in the Disneyland ride and she has to go through. So she heads out to go through the Disneyland ride and yeah. stop the curse. 
Then they do a like a 90 second little preview, kind of like, oh, this is what the ride is. Hell yeah. And then it cuts, smash cuts to, and it says in a lower third, movie star Elliot Gould. Ooh, yes. Just come off the ride. He's like, it's the greatest ride I've ever been. And it's like, <laughs> they're just a bunch of like celebrity interviews. Like, it's amazing. It's, but Elliot Gould, it goes to him. It's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. So that's the world we're in. We have not talked about the special <laughs> at all. Holy you know, So, no, you brought up a good point. This is not a special made for children, even though no. it aired on the Disney Channel, one presumes. It is a special made for, like, ABC. It was, it was like, ABC. This is something yeah. for, like, it's made for, like, a shareholders meeting. It's not meant to be seen by, like, regular people. It's, it's meant to be seen by, like, goblins and ghouls. And so they could, like, get ready for, like, their next sacrifice or something. It is made. I've, I like that idea. I was thinking this is made for adults so that they will spend the money to take their kids to Disneyland and California Adventure. Right, 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 right. But yeah. 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 And because there's no way a kid has $500 sitting around and goes, <laughs> I'm going to California Adventure. Like, this is made for the adults. That's why they have the Days of Our Lives stars in this California yeah. special. Which also, that, <sighs> that they do the same joke, I think, five times yeah. just in a row, and it gets funnier every time to okay. me. <laughs> Not, nope. <laughs> it, is, it is literally just like, oh, I, I, I wish I knew the... the actors' names so it would be better to like yeah. deliver the joke. But it's like, oh no, I'm not an a- I'm not this character. I am this actor. And explains that. And then he goes, oh okay. <gasps> it's this other character. It's and, Aaron and, Hershey. Yeah, Aaron Hershey. <laughs> oh no, I'm not Aaron Hershey. And by the end, it gets ridiculous where it's like, you're a little mixed up here. I play a character on TV. So um, the brutal. joke is that uh who is is it it's Brad Sherwood yeah, from Brad Whose Sherwood Line Is It Anyways. Goes into the uh, soap opera Bistro, which is not there anymore. Well, that's what uh, I was going to say. When we, you and I went to it's, I've never heard of this place before, and I've been to California Adventure several times. A lot of that place is not the same. Yeah, well, they, uh, you know, the one sad thing is this special. Have you ever heard of Superstar Limo? No. Oh, I'm so sad. It, it, it would fit in this world so well. Oh, shit. It opened with the park, <laughs> closed after six months, oh, and fuck. then was just left bl- empty for four years until they put the Monsters Inc. ride in. Oh, my God. And it is... Wow. So the premise of that ride was you were a paparazzi person <laughs> driving around in a taxi, and um, there were celebrity animatronics. There were actual celebrities. It was like an animatronic of Drew Carey that looks haunting. <laughs> like, Google Superstar Limo animatronics. It's like Whoopi Goldberg. Nice. I th- it's... It's all B-list celebrities, except I think maybe like Tom Hanks is like the only big celebrity in it. And he's going, I'm Woody in Toy Story. (laughs) Anyway, they're about to open it, and then Princess Diana gets killed because a paparazzi was chasing her. Nice. So they say, oh, let's not do this chasing celebrities paparazzi ride anymore. So they change it that you're a limo driver going to a premiere, and it's just like, there's videos of it on YouTube. It's scary. Yeah, (laughs) that actually Um, is scary. But that's like the world that we're dealing with. Yeah. Mason, you got uh, anything? Uh, I mean, it's just so much. I just like, I don't even know what to do with the fact that I know this is in my life now. Like, I can't take back ever Sharon. watching it. And I watched it twice. And it's you like, fucker! No, you did not watch it twice. I've seen it. I did watch so it twice. many times. Times. Um, I, I just the thing that both times I'm like watching it. I'm like. Brad Sherwood is really doing the most in this, and I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure what he's trying to accomplish yeah. or how he was directed, but it is just baffling 
to me I... how much he is like overcompensating in a thing that is already so heightened um, <laughs> that he just comes off as a very scary. Uh, it's very scary to me. Let's, <laughs> I don't let's, like it. Let's. I know that this is normally not the best way to talk about a thing, but let's talk about it in this way because I don't want to actually ruin the magic for someone who hasn't seen this. So I just want to talk about a couple key moments in this. Can we talk yes. about a couple key moments? I the, would love to. The prem, the through line of the special <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense. Is Barry Boswick and Richard Kind are going to California Adventure to meet the big cheese. Let's not give that away. I'm going to say, if we're going to hold things for audiences... Let's not yeah. <laughs> give away the big cheese, but they're going to meet the big cheese. And Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Fame, and Michael Eisner being the big cheese. Michael Eisner being the Head big cheese. Head of Disney. Yes. Man who greenlit this project. Man who greenlit this project ruined my, <laughs> ruined my fucking day. Very normal man as well. <laughs> but um, the, uh, they're going to California Adventure to meet Michael Eisner, and uh, they can't find him. And the security guards are trying to escort them. But Richard Kind and Michael, or excuse me, Richard Kind and Barry Boswick are like, let's just explore. Let's sneak around. Kind of. <laughs> they flip-flop on that premise, like, a lot. Like, yeah. there's times yeah. where it's like, we're getting away from the security guards. And then it's like, we got to find the security guards. <laughs> we we got we to gotta meet with Michael Eisner. Look at this ride. All right, we're, we're running away again. <laughs> it is It's so like from a bug's oh, life. <laughs> yeah, also, something that I did not notice until I rewatched it. Yeah. Um, you, the security guards are after these two the whole time. Yeah. They are at most 10 feet away from them. And then they'll, they'll, they still, Richard and Barry do each attraction for like seven minutes. Yes. And there's literally one point where um, uh, one of the security guards goes, where are they? And the other one goes, there they are. And it's literally like five feet in front of them. <laughs> Such fucking idiots. They're trying idiots. to operate under like Looney Tunes. There's literally yeah. like a Looney Tunes like kind of false perspective gag. It's They're like, trying yeah, to operate under Looney Tunes coyote. logic. But these are real people that you're watching and it is just so, uh, it just destroy. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I can't wrap my head around it. It's not real. The entire thing, like you said, Mason, is so heightened that literally... Everything that happens is a joke. Like yeah. literally every single like thing. Or has a line, music cue. Every music cue is a joke. Every shot is a joke. Yeah. I think to so when I knew that I was in for a real treat. Yes. One, I think I think if you ever watch this with somebody, for me at least, I can always tell if they're gonna be into it or not, is when uh you see the oh, the sign of California Adventure and then they just pull up in their Corvette yes. just driving through yeah. the crowd. If that if the person I'm watching with smiles, I'm like, okay, they're gonna like this. Um, <laughs> but to me, the real moment is when they're in Disneyland, and it's been very much a what you would expect Disney kind of vibe. Like if, if you've been to Disneyland, it's like these jokes aren't funny, but they're in line with kind of the the sense yeah. of humor in the world. And then they look over to the parade, and they just play this weird, trippy like. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mirage music, yeah. and they just get sucked yeah. into the parade. It's like something from like a Tarkovsky movie yeah. almost, where there's just like. <laughs> that was the deleted <laughs> scene in Stalker where yeah. Barry Boswick yeah. and Richard Kind are in the parade yeah. walking past the professor. Hey, guys, what's up? Just yeah. goofy. Just but like, it's just like. That's within the zone. <laughs> I think my favorite part in the entire special, and it's close. But I know what your favorite part is, I think. But my favorite part is when they go see disgraced filmmaker John Lasseter. Oh, it's, that's such a good part. <laughs> in the Bugs Life that's Theater. so And good. he says maybe the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life, which is, in order to watch this, you have to be a bug. And that <laughs> literally, well, there's that. And then Bro's response is, I have to. 
be a bug? <laughs> it is. It literally freezes you in your tracks, and you cannot do anything else. Did, did you guys notice my favorite line in this thing? I actually didn't catch until like the third or fourth watch. Okay. Um, it's at that scene when um, I forget the engine. The engineer's name like Brett or something. Yeah. Like that. And he's like, um, oh, me and Brett are just putting the finishing touches on the Bugs Life show. And then uh, Barry Brodrick goes, you scared me half to death. And the engineer, it just cuts to a close-up of him. He just goes, it's my job. And then just comes (laughs) back to the scene. It is a... And it's it's not a good actor who delivers that line either. I don't think it's an actor. I think it's the actual engineer. I think it is too. They were like, we need you to be on camera. No one else knows how to fucking operate a Bugs Life theater. We need (laughs) you to sit there and just... Do your best not yeah. to shart on camera, <laughs> which, which he does. One of my favorite moments is when uh, Richard Kind uh, performs a microaggression against Mushu the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the reptilian slur. <laughs> <laughs> on that scene, though, you know what I realized? At one point, they... Um, so at one point, it's him talking to... It's the duo talking to the animator. And they have been walked in... The duo in, is a good thing to call them. They have yes. been walked in by this lady who works at the animation building. Yeah. And then it's time for them to go. And the lady just pops up, has been behind them the whole time, and sticks her head like in between. It's like, all right, I think it's time to go. <laughs> the animator has to get back to work. And I was like, wait, are they trying to say that they're animating Disney movies in, uh... In California in Ca- They're fucking... Uh, yeah, we have to go. This is the head animator for Brother Bear. Right now. <laughs> Dude, if Brother He's Bear... Busy. If the head animator for Brother Bear was under Operates duress... Operates Disneyland. Operates at Disneyland and is under duress of Richard Kind and Barry Boswick acting oh. like complete assholes. No, no, no. It's an honor, quote, is what he said. <laughs> he looks over and just goes, oh, Richard Kind and Barry this is an honor. This is he an shakes, honor. He stands up for them. He's he think they're the only. Well, the reason he knows that is because he's the only animator working on Brother Bear, writing, <laughs> drawing those thousands himself, and the only thing that Disney uh, will allow him, the only entertainment they will allow him to watch is like uh, Disney property. So he's just seen every episode of Spin City about <laughs> seven hundred times, and thinks that gods are coming down yes. to talk to him. It's the not exact stars of Spin City. It's the sporting <laughs> cast of Spin City. It's so fucked. And like, I don't know when Disney bought ABC, but Spin City was on ABC, so that is a Disney property. Oh, I think they bought it in like the in the seventies. In so the seventies, yeah, seventies or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that, that makes 80s. sense. Yeah. The director, one of the two directors of this, is Jerry Reese. That's a crazy thing you just said. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two di- listed one IMDb of the directors. Many directors of this special. He, you know, what he's most known for? The director Jerry oh, Reese. What the Brave Little Toaster. Oh, you know what? That actually brings me to another thing that I've thought. As you guys can all tell, I've thought about this video a lot. Too much, but yeah, keep going. (laughs) I I genuinely think that the editor of this is a decent editor who like needed work or something like that. Okay, but is kind of talented and like just didn't really like because now that I've like kind of met editors, like sometimes like yeah, like this is just my gig for right now, and I just don't think any executive fucking cared to watch this thing sure. so he was like oh wouldn't it be funny if i just had this weird cut right here and yeah, yeah. Um, like the part where he's like um where the lady at the animation building is like oh richard kind you're very edited and then no continuity we just cut to this freeze close-up oh, he's like, he says yes i have been told i am animated before it's so brutal it's so brutal the like and you're right like the kinds of like 
people that like get hired to make these kinds of yeah. things. This like, is you might not, have, like I was like this could have been like this is not the A team. Yeah. Oh well, I was thinking like I to a different degree oh, okay. was like oh this could have been like the editor for Boy Meets World or something like that. And I was like yeah, Disney's been good to me. They mm-hmm. asked me to do this fucking thing. I'm um, like yeah, I'm just gonna do it. It'll well, be good pay. When I've worked like things not of this caliber, but things that are like not necessarily like gonna be on the silver screen, but yeah. like. Like stuff that's like gonna yeah. be seen, but not like this. Sometimes you get people who are just chain smoking, and they're just <laughs> like, "Fuck, I guess I gotta light my Richard Kind yeah. now. I guess I gotta light Michael Eisner yeah. now." So it's either one. This is one of the most bizarre things. This is a side of YouTube that you just don't know exists. Um, yeah. Is there any other like thing that we? It says on IMDb, Jerry Reese was called up just four days before cameras started rolling to direct this, which <laughs> you can tell <laughs> because yeah. they yeah, are yeah, flying yeah. by the seat of their pants. I love how sometimes people on IMDb trivia just put a lot of sass in their facts. Yes, because it's just people's but like four days before they started <laughs> rolling. The the editor of this was actually a very talented gymnast. <laughs> it's like the guy is <laughs> sitting there just fucking yeah. typing away. Um, do we have any final thoughts on Disney's California Adventure TV special? Well, we we did not talk about my favorite scene. Oh, do we want to talk about okay, my favorite scene? Which, right. and I mean, there's there it is a hard pick, and there's so many things I just want to freaking talk about yeah, about this baby. special. But Patrick Warburton's I, cameo. I knew this is your favorite scene. Yeah. This is the first yes. thing you ever showed me. From when it. I first watched it, I watched it all the way through, and then I went back. And I think I watched that clip three or four more times. <laughs> it is. Um, they go to the Soaring Over California ride, and I don't think it's w- was it still him when you when we went because uh, he no. used to be the host of that ride. It was not. <clears throat> That's a, sh- a real shame. It is. He used to be mm-hmm. the host of the, so there was a video of him giving all like the safety rules, and nice. he was like this pilot kind of a guy, and he's that character. And I just hope this is in the canon of that character because he's <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> and it's so funny to me because first off. Barry just does this weird monologue <laughs> where he's like, oh, I know all the aviation history of California. Fighter jets. Pew! Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the spirit of St. Louis. <sighs> so brutal. And it cuts back to Patrick Warburn, and he just goes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> just completely dry. No, like, he does yeah. not give a fuck about this guy. And then the best line of the special. One of the best lines of the special. One of the many single best lines of the special. I would say it's top three. Yeah. I would say it's it top is, three. Um, he says, well, we're about to go on a flight soaring over California. Oh, and Richard Kind says, we, we, don't, we don't have time for that. We, we, have, to, we have to go meet the big cheese. <laughs> and, um, or, or he says, sorry, we have, a, we have an interview with, or we have to meet with Michael Eisner. Yeah. And Patrick Warburton stops. <laughs> stares. At Richard Kind, waits a moment and says, "We're not gonna have a problem here, are we?" <laughs> that is the that is the only thing Jack showed me of this special at first, and I was not amused <laughs> when that happened. But that isn't a that is a god tier line delivery by Patrick Warburton yeah. of "We're not gonna have a problem here, are we?" Yeah, Mason, do you have a favorite part of this, or did it all just sort of take you for a ride? Oh man, uh, I the thing that's coming to my mind the most is, and it's maybe just because I like water rides, but it's when Barry Boswick and Richard Kind are taking the water ride. Oh, 
such a good part. <laughs> oh, I, I think I actually I wrote down um, the line where it's uh, is there any gold left here? And the guy with them just goes, nope, just plenty of white water, and then puts his knee on or his hand on Richard Kind's knee. It's so brutal. This is I also a, love the, yeah. the uh, when they're in the Bugs Life. Uh, he sees <laughs> Hopper, who's played by if I don't know if you remember this, Kevin Spacey, yeah, and Richard Kind has some choice words for Hopper. Yeah, it says doesn't he say he looks good or something like that? Or what he does like, he say? Shed his exo- he's basically like doing his character from a Bugs Life. And he's like, you shed your exoskeleton. He said, I heard your agent dropped you, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it did not age well, but in a way, aged very well. I never even uh, thought of that. Very That's prescient. So um, the Bugs Life part is probably my favorite because you have disgraced filmmaker and now head of Skydance, uh, John Lasseter, just <laughs> taking these fuckers for a, just a ride on this Bugs Life theater, which, does the Bugs Life theater still exist? Yeah. It's does it? Know. Okay. I, I, I think it's going to, I know that area, there's a whole Bugs Land that's not in the special. Yes. I know a Bugs Land is going to be Marvel Land, but I think they're going to keep that one, the Bugs Life theater. Gotcha. But I don't know for certain. Thank God. Cool. I want to get squashed by a bug. <laughs> I kind of want to be squashed like a bug. Um, Mason, do you recommend this? You know what? Uh, I think I do. I do. Okay. I do. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's bizarre. It's absurd. It is, it is something that is very... Uh, uh, it 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 shouldn't exist, but it does. It is, yep. seems like a a beacon, a a uh, a message from hell. And I think that you just kind of it's 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 a Hieronymus Bosch painting of corporate synergy, and you have to witness it, but do it around your friends. <laughs> Yeah, Don't do, do it by yourself like I did. Own. So, ooh, mm, because you mm, will mm, uh, mm, hot take. It'll here. infect your soul. <laughs> hot, hot, hot take, take here. You, I think that there is a merit to watching this by yourself because it's so subtle. Some of the ridiculousness here that I think that like if you were watching with people, like you'd be looking over, like what is going on right now, sure. and you would miss so much okay. of what makes this perfect. Okay. okay. Strong, strong choice. Interesting. Words Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would say because I have watched this with so many people, and sometimes huge home run, and sometimes it's silent for twenty minutes. Like, okay, we don't have to watch this. Like, <laughs> listen, it's one of those two. Jack, do you recommend this? Absolutely. Okay, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't recommend this. It's. Um, but if you are going to watch this, watch it with your friend. Watch it today. I would say if you are a fan of Disneyland, if, if you are someone who goes to the parks like regularly or right. you know your way around, this is a must watch. This is <sighs> Jake Moody. If you're listening to this, you've probably <laughs> seen this, but you you will love this if you have not seen this. This will watch this with Preston. I'll send this episode to you guys. You guys would actually really like this. Um, <laughs> is, does anyone got anything else to say? I feel broken right now. <laughs> I feel slightly <laughs> damp. Um, uh, do we want to move into th- the, the tail end? Let's of our move show? into the end. I think we're I think we're ready for this to be over. Uh, do you have Noah? Do you have something that you want to recommend? Do you have any something good that you want to talk about? Oh, actually, before we do that, Jack, thank you so much for being on the yeah, show. Jack, yeah, yeah. Ahead. It was, it's great finally meeting you, Mason, because I've heard your voice in my car many times. <laughs> Oh, so do, I, do I live I up to the hype? I feel like I kind of know you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's my goal. Thank oh. you, thank you. Yeah, uh, well, it's we very nice to meet you too, Jack. Chat. Jack, uh, we always ask the guest if they have anything that they would like to plug. You don't have to. Is there anything that you want to plug on this episode? Like like a like my newest endeavor. Your endeavor. If you want people to follow you on social media, like um, mm, I do got one thing. Okay. Uh, if you are a child 
vote for all that for the Kids' Choice Awards because I think I get like a day off if we win or something nice. like that. Nice. So yeah. we're gonna plug all that. Or... Why do you have get, to be a child? Hashtag get Because it's the off. Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> Why can't I watch the Kids' Choice Awards? You can watch it, but you, you're, are you a kid? You're not supposed to choose. You can cheat. I mean, yeah, you can. Like they don't fact check to. Can I hack the Kids' Choice Awards election? Oh, easily. I mean, I've I've voted for all that. Good. <laughs> Good. Well, that's conflict of interest. Um, oh, absolutely. So yeah, if you're a child <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> Please vote for all that. For what's the category? I think just a best TV show, maybe best uh, children's TV show. I think they now have a like actual best TV show for the Kids Choice Awards. Well, then vote for but, all, vote for all that for whatever category yeah. it's nominated for. Yeah, just I think I think we, we might have cast nominations. So just vote for 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 anything. Anything for all that. Just vote, vote. Right. That's my plug. Just vote. Period. Kids Choice vote, Awards. Period. And yeah, it's else. it's gonna. I can. I think I'm gonna try to early vote either this weekend or next because <laughs> uh, Illinois is in two weeks. I believe two weeks on Tuesday. So uh, yeah, just get the vote. Rock the vote, folks. <laughs> rock the vote. Don't do rock the vote, baby. Rock the vote. <laughs> do tip the vote over. Uh, I. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Moa Narger on Twitter at Moa Narger on letterbox.com you can follow at ylg.world on instagram and you can follow me at noah.marger dot spelled out d-o-t um i guess if i had a little recommendo i've been a little busy uh these last weeks so i haven't really had a lot of time to like explore or do whatever but my like non-media recommendation i guess would be uh i had a piece of Warm apple pie from Marie Callender's and ice cream when I saw my dad when he was down here visiting me. And that was just a nice moment. And I just had a really nice time eating that pie with my dad. So eat a piece of warm apple pie. Very nice. I like that. If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at hot dog to Bicky. I'm also, I have another podcast, the barn, a podcast about the shield. You can find us where you find podcasts. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd, and uh, I think I will recommend this week the movie uh, When Harry Met Sally. I watched Uh-oh. it for the first time recently. And, really? Uh, it, that's it a great movie. It just stole my heart, and I loved it. So watch that as well, if that's what you're going to do. Jack, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a delight. Everybody, thank you for listening. We will see you all next time we see you. Ba-ba-ba-ba-booey, ba-ba-ba-ba-booey, ba-bye.